as my former company commander would say, mm-hmm. the enlisted are quite rowdy tonight. Very, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the smoke pit. Hey. My name is Dan Sharp. I am your host, a Marine Corps infantry veteran. My co-host, Mike Sensi. Mike Sensi here, active duty Navy. A veteran of uh, multiple deployments, both real and fictional. Whatever I choose to decide that day. <laughs> Speaking of uh, real and fictional, I was at the 7-Eleven. Oh, okay. And I, um, I like to preference the fact that uh, we don't endorse any uh, anything that we talk about in the show. <laughs> okay. However, comma, pause for effect. Sure. I saw a, um, a, uh, a sailor there. Oh, what did I thought you? was a sailor. Okay, why did you think it was a sailor? Because they were wearing the guacamole camis. That makes sense. That adds up. And then when I walked uh, closer to the sailor, as I was on my way to get my nachos mm-hmm. and various things, it's bulking season. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that there was a lot of discrepancies with the uniform. Okay, you know the um, the the bag they were carrying was out of rags. Uh, the hair was out of rags. The uniform wasn't squared away. Mm. And so immediately my first thought was like, this is not a real uh, service member. Okay. And so, yeah, I walked up to him and I was like, brother, man, what's <laughs> up with your hair? <laughs> and he looked at me and was like, oh, well, oh, nothing. I was like, just got back from deployment or something? Yeah. Like, cause I, I remember there's certain times you get back from deployment, some of the rules go out of the window. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you go to the, the seven day store, you know, uh, <laughs> get you some, some refreshments that you've been missing out on. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I was wondering, maybe he just got off a ship and he was just living his life. Sure. And he's like, no, I, I don't know. I kind of looked at him for a second. And I was like, all right. And I just walked away. Okay. As uh, when I was a younger man, I, I feel like I probably would have gotten angry, you know. I would have felt that it was disrespectful to uh, to wear the uniform and not have earned it. Especially, you know, when, you know, you get the title of U.S. Marine. That it, you know, it's very difficult to to earn, and then you know, for other branches, and then the qualifications that you get, and the, the friends you lose along the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys take that personally. Very true. And so, what I decided though was that in six months, is this going to bother me still? Mm. Am I still going to be mad about this in six months? Mm-hmm. Is it worth getting into an altercation with a civilian? Mm-hmm. Is it worth potentially, you know, ending up online or embarrassing the military over something like this? So what'd you do? I walked away. It's very big of you. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, if it's not going to affect you in six months, why get mad? Yeah, that's very true. However, Mm. what a lot of people will do is the opposite. Yeah, well, yeah. And then they won't worry about what's going to affect them in six months. Like their transition. So as they're getting out of the military, they don't prepare. They, They will put more passion and effort and energy into harassing somebody for being stolen valor. Right. And they will in their own military transition. That's true. That's a really good point, actually, yeah. And to me, getting out of the military is quite possibly the biggest decision of your life. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like going into the military is almost like a water slide. Okay. You know, you, start, you climb the ladder, you have anticipation and anxiety. But once you start, it, you're on your way, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Full you, sin. You, you can't full stop sin. the ride. Yeah, that's full right. Full sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, you, you take its course. But getting out of the military, it's like standing... Um, you know, standing at the end of edge of a precipice, you know, if anybody is like a base jumper or has ever been skydiving, you know, there's a million different things that you can consider. You could literally land anywhere, anywhere within a large radius of where you jump from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have to decide how long to fall, when to pull your cord, what direction to aim, you know, how to land. There's just a ton of factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are so eager to get out of the military that they don't plan. Yeah. They don't put the same effort into preparing for the rest of their life as they would for preparing for a two hour long convoy right or a three hour long foot patrol mm-hmm. and so 
you still being active duty, um, how often do you do you hear people talking about their plans when they get out? Oh, I mean, all the time, constantly. Um, and a big thing, especially when I was with the Marines, you know, because you guys are such an animator bunch, everything you do <laughs> is uh, much more robust and with more passion. And uh, Here we go! Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, you literally yell, yet. It's not a word, but... How dare you? Okay, how dare you? <laughs> I'm just going to attack the Marine Corps right now. Uh, no, but I, I mean that because like, you know, all the Lance Cooleys that have been in for two and a half years think they know it all. And they're like, I can't wait to get out. I'm salty. I can't wait to get out. And they're so passionate about, you know, uh, being dirtbags, you know, their last year just because they want to be or they can. And they finally get that DD-214 and then they're skipping out, you know, of whatever base you're on and they leave and they go, Oh, I really didn't plan for this at all. Like this is yeah. real. I, I talked about this for so long, and I built it up. This is a big dream, and now that's happening, I don't know what to do. So that happens every single day. Yeah, and um, you, you made a great point. They they build it up so much, but it's the idea of getting out mm-hmm. rather than the execution. Very much so. It's kind of like you know you see that uh, that commercial for you know the local burger joint, and that sandwich looks so great and so amazing. And so, you know, tasty. And then when you finally get there, it looks like a bag of smashed potatoes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you specifically asked no onions. They put extra onions on there. <laughs> it's a whole onion. Yeah. Because you know what? We, we just don't want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably an infantry Marine who didn't plan for himself. That's right. And he sees you with your gung-ho motivate yeah, t- <laughs> t-shirt on. And he's yeah. like, onions. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Uh, take that, you pogue. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not a pogue as he's flipping a burger. <laughs> yeah, and um, so uh, for those of you who are new to the show, Mike uh, is an RP, which mm-hmm. is a religious program specialist. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for knowing that, Daniel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so his job is to uh, assist and protect the chaplains mm-hmm. as they are non-combatants. Mm-hmm. And so Mike actually went through School of Infantry. I did. And obtained the uh, 0311 MOS. That is correct. Yeah, and then served a lot of coffee. Uh, yeah, and then now I'm just a tactical barista. So, <laughs> yeah, lower expectations. Cry precision. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if thirty, you know, like your thirty-seven dollar top on, sixty-seven dollar you know, frog bottoms. <laughs> All these small, uh, small arms trainings just so I can shoot coffee out of people's hands. And be like, that's decaf. <laughs> that's not that's, what you wanted. That's too much caffeine that's for you, right. chaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, thanks, RP. No, no award. <laughs> Demotion. Demotion. Yeah, as they were one to do. <laughs> yeah, and so we um we uh, we used to call our chaplain uh, Padre. Yeah, a lot of people do. Uh, wh- why do you think that is? I mean, strictly because the Catholic faith faith started that, but also because I know that's what the uh, Royal uh, British Marines do. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what they copied from. Yeah, that completely um uh, that that completely you know shoots my uh, theory. Down. <laughs> oh, what was it? Because I I didn't actually hear that until I got to Twenty Nine Palms. Okay. And you know how the Marine Corps does if you um, if you enlist uh, east uh, or east of the Mississippi, you go to Paris Island. Mm-hmm. If you're west of the Mississippi, generally you go to Camp Pendleton. And then you know, depending on where your requests are, and so you have a lot of um, yeah, Hispanic and and um, Spanish uh, Americans who join the military. And you know, a lot of those are you know, come from my birth state, Texas, and. <laughs> And where I was stationed in Twenty Nine Palms was also stationed in Campbell June, but right. Uh, so you get a lot of uh, you know Spanish guys and um, Latinos who end up in like Twenty Nine Palms, mm-hmm. and so that's you know, the first time I ever heard it. You know, oh, okay, because yeah, like okay. the chaplain comes around and one of my guys was like, "What's up, Padre?" Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, "Okay, a little belligerent." Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> but I'll allow yeah. it. Like I will haze you, you know, yeah. slightly less, slightly less than the other non-Spanish speaking. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm glad you've assimilated this much. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because my, uh, my my mom's side of the family is from Puerto Rico, and mm-hmm. we had a guy in boot camp who was uh, from the same region, didn't speak any English. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine, like, not speaking the language and showing up to Paris Island? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, Great Lakes or, you know, whatever well, else? Well, it's funny because you hear those stories, uh, especially back in your day, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, it was uh, <laughs> Not what I meant. But, you old dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, but you're super old. Anyway, um, yeah, back in your day, I feel like... Uh, it was a lot more common because just because the wars were still going on hot and heavy and um yeah it wouldn't be uncommon to hear like a guy you know from the philippines comes and he's not used to like you know a full-blown shower so he's like using the mop bucket like to bathe in and stuff like that so it is uh it is uh it's pretty cool how people assimilate and actually become productive you know soldier sailors airmen marine yeah i um uh to address your point though um the fact that the Marine Corps gives you a curve on your con- on your physical fitness test at the age of twenty seven, right, right, I think is very telling. <laughs> like the Marine Corps is a very, um, let's say, stingy organization. The, yeah, like yeah. they're like, why, why do you deserve an award? Do your job. Like you're a Marine, you're exactly. supposed to be, you know, uh, a long ball hitter. Your your award is the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My I remember the guy at MEPS was like, I was like, is there a bonus for my job? He's like, we shouldn't have to pay you to be a United States Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, and I just yeah. ran away. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and so at the age of 27, the the Marine Corps considers you old and busted. That's fair. Yeah. So the idea that like every um, year in the infantry is like seven years on your body. Yeah. Very true. So by that aspect, I'm like 115. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> yeah. I, you look good. I, I moisturize. I do yeah, Pilates. Yeah. No, you, you look know, good. Like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, secondly, to that point, yeah, like you have people who come from all walks of life and all yeah. over the country and all over the world mm-hmm. and they, uh, you know, they, they assimilate, you know? And that's one of the greatest things about the Marine Corps is you join the Marine Corps. It doesn't join you. Very much so. And so now everybody has to get along and work together. And you get to hear all these cool stories about people's cultures and, like, uh, listen to, like, their music and yeah. eat their food and visit their families and learn to dance to their, um, you know, to uh, to their culture's music. You yeah, know? absolutely. It is it is uh, truly, like, the best melting pot because it's, yeah. like, uh, all these, you know, different cultures stuff coming together to achieve one common goal, and that's to serve. So... And it's also great because it really humbles you. Oh, 100%. And, uh, you know, it puts a lot of you on the same platform because, I mean, as it, like, granted, after your, like, first deployment or your first couple years in, you become that senior Lance Corporal. Right. You know, like, you're on a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, a senior Lance Corporal is generally somebody who's either uh, deployed or holds a billet of somebody mm-hmm. higher. Because the Marine Corps does a great job of <laughs> delegating leadership to the lowest level possible. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, no, 100%. Until you get your paycheck. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Not getting paid enough for this. Yeah, you know, you're just like, oh boy, I love being a Marine. I'm Semper Fi feeling it. <laughs> and then you get your deposit. <laughs> <laughs> Take your $200 and go away. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, you have to spend half of that on this gear inspection. Exactly. And haircuts. And you have duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... But despite all that, um, some of the happiest moments of my life were in some of the worst conditions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there uh, there's plenty of memories that I have just seeing, you know, these young devil dogs and their smiling faces. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they're completely dirty and, like, they're sweaty and, like, their hair sticking to their forehead. You yeah. Know? And they're just out on, you know, in the field or deployment or whatever the case is. You look over this guy, he's got the biggest smile on his face. Yeah. Hoorah, like, gung-ho, motivate. Right, yeah. You know, like, you know, hey, hey, warrior, how you doing? Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I'm doing great. You know, living the dream. That is pretty, that's actually making me pretty nostalgic. I'm not even going to lie. But, and like, the best thing about that, though, is you look at this kid and he's got nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's hardly got any money in his bank account. You know, he's got a, a dangerous job. He's in an austere, unforgiving environment with harsh conditions, surrounded mm-hmm. by enemies on all front. And he only has two things. One, the rifle in his hand, and two, the knowledge that his boys have his back. Yeah, 100%. 
And then once you get back from deployment, you turn in that weapon and everybody goes home on leave for 30 days. Mm -hmm. And the only two things that you had in this entire world are gone. Yeah. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you deploy to a combat zone or, or not, like deployment is a deployment. I will, I will preach that all day. And uh, yeah, on upon returning, just like you said, it is rough because you take away those things that had your security and just brought you joy, and then you legitimately turn it in. So it's uh, it's a tough transition for redeployment. People don't talk about that enough. Yeah, and that was a great point you made. Um, because uh, I I have five sea service deployment ribbons. Mm-hmm. Um, three were to I I guess you could say all of them technically were to OIF or OEF deployments sure. by like, but. Three were to um, either Iraq or Afghanistan, then one was to Jordan and one was to Cuba. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, I deployed to Cuba. And like, that's not a deployment. I, I cannot stand that And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Are you the governing authority of the DOD who determines what deployments meet stipulations? Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, so you're not. So the people who decide what a deployment is yeah. gave me a ribbon for this. Exactly. And it's like. So the, get a parade rest boot. <laughs> <laughs> well, 100%. Because like, it doesn't matter if you're going to a combat zone or not. A deployment dictates your deploying from the United States. You're yeah, like, leaving your family and friends behind to go support whatever mission you're supporting. Like it doesn't have to be a gunfight every single day. You could you could just go to Okinawa or Korea. You're still deploying. It's not a combat deployment, but it's a deployment. You know what I mean? I agree with that. You're you're still packing a sea bag and leaving everything behind. Exactly. You know, trusting that your uh that your significant other uh will be waiting there with a full bank account when you get back. And they always are. They always are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have several questions. Yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> but... EP, yeah. this is killing me, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, so, like, the... Uh, like, and that's a very important uh, distinguisher. Yes. You know, because I, I know people who are like, yeah, I'm a combat veteran. Like, yeah, okay, you deployed to combat. Did you see combat? Right. And so it's like you kind of get in a little bit murky area, but if you're like, yeah, I deployed here. I, I've... You know, even with everything that I've done, I've never been the type to be like, oh, that's not really a deployment. Right. Like... No, See, dude, like, why, why, why do your accomplishments feel threatened by other people's accomplishments? Right. You obviously aren't very proud of yours if you're being threatened by other people's words. So. Yeah. Um, this was actually a debate I had, well, not really a debate, more of a discussion the other day in that a lot of people, they deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan, or wherever, and they say they're a combat veteran, but they never left the wire. Now, there's a difference between being a combat veteran and a war veteran. You can be a veteran of Iraq, Afghanistan wars, but doesn't mean you're a combat veteran you know what i mean i get that so yeah yeah, so a lot of people in i'm not being like oh uh, you know he or she's a fobbit or any of that nonsense it's just your job's your job who cares but a lot of people like to be like well i was there it's like okay cool you were there and that's great but if you never left the wire you never returned fire maybe didn't even get mortared like that's you're not a combat veteran because i know a lot of people especially in the navy what really irks me is they distinguish themselves as combat veterans because they supported OEF, yeah, yeah, uh, OIF, all that, and it's just like okay, it's like well, I was off, I was off the coast of Iraq or whatever, whatever. It's like cool, but you're not a combat veteran. That's a, such a different title to have, but that, that really irks me because a lot of people, and now like the Navy uh, has been known to give out the combat action ribbon for like ships that come under fire, and that blows my mind um that entire ship staff will get that and then the marines on board won't <laughs> so it's either fair or it's not but yeah, yeah, yeah i always make the joke it's like so there was one uh, back in the day that like somebody came on the pier and like shot a uh, uh an rpg at the ship missed it completely like, yeah security- 900 meter <laughs> yeah ex- yeah yeah it wasn't even close like security gunned him down like there was no real threat and then uh the ship 
deemed it appropriate to give everybody on board a combat action ribbon because they had seen combat. And so the joke that was going around a lot was like, you know, some, some cook in his rack after working, you know, 15 hours, finally gets some shut eye and somebody from, you know, N one comes up and shakes and be like, Hey, you need to update your record. You have a combat action ribbon. He's like, Oh, okay. Then just rolls back over. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, there was uh, a Marine in Marja. Right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Who's S one forgot to run his paperwork. Exactly. That's his what I'm saying. It's yeah. still bloody. You yeah, know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, because somebody went over an IED and didn't get a return fire. So it's like, well, you technically don't raid a car, you know. Yeah, so. Oh, God, I hate those technically yeah, people. I hate them. And, yeah, and so it's it, it's kind of funny, too, that uh, <laughs> that that you said that, where you know, they, they the idea that, you know, somebody like, okay, like, you can be a combat veteran. I'm not going to take that away from you yeah, or, sure. or whatever. Like, sure. like I said earlier, live your life. A hundred percent, yes. Like, you don't pay my bills, I don't pay your bills. Exactly, yeah. Unless I do pay your bills. Yeah, <laughs> and then some of these. <laughs> and. Yeah, and so you have people who, um, you know, they they're like, yeah, you know, like a, a kind of a throwback to our lasagna episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, check us out on iTunes and Spotify if this is your first time listening to us. And YouTube as well. YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, yeah, and so um, there was a, a young lady who was very upset with somebody for something. Yes. And you know, she gave him what for? The old and, what for? Yeah, and you know, she'd been in the Navy for half a heartbeat. And she's like, I'm fighting for your freedom every day. Woof. And it just took, like, everything that I had to be like, no, you're not. No, s- simply, no, you're not. Yeah. No, like, not to take away from anything that you've done by serving, because that's still more than 99% of people have done. Very true. But you can't go around telling people you're fighting for their freedom every day mm-hmm. if you're not fighting anyone. Yeah. Because the idea that, like, everybody who joins the military is a hero is ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Some of the best people I've ever met in my life were either military veterans, and some of the worst people I've ever met in my life were either military or veterans. Usually combat veterans. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and so, like, the idea that everybody who serves is a hero, you know, like, I get it. Yeah, we all love seeing the Super Bowl commercials and, right. you know, having, like, the specials and the deals where you save money and stuff, but, like, <laughs> right. the, the idea that, like, your service gets you uh, pride in yourself, pride in your country, um, a few benefits that you do right from the VA mm-hmm. and then that's it. Yeah. Like you don't serve expecting that, you know, you're going to be able to benefit off of this continuously in different manners for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like people who are just be like, Oh, well my brother's in the military. Do I get a military discount? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that blows my mind. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, people just in general, like the whole, like, well, what is, what's in it for me? And the military culture really highlights that because it's supposed to be a selfless act by, you know, joining the military, but it's still full of selfish people, unfortunately. And so you kind of have to split the difference because there'll be a lot of people out there that, you know, they'll go through extraordinary things in their life in the military and they'll get out. Never talk about it. Never ask for anything. Mm-hmm. You're just going to die face down in the mud and quiet soldierly <laughs> virtue. That's right. You know, uh, they don't want anything. They don't want any special consideration. You know, like I'm yep. not special because I served. And then on the other you know, end of the spectrum, you have people who, you know, spent two weeks before they got kicked out and mm-hmm. they're still asking for military discounts. Yeah. You know, and and so you, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, where's the, the happy balance? Yeah. Yeah. That's no, true. It's I don't think we'll ever find it, uh, unfortunately, but. I'm always looking. <laughs> <laughs> so like the Marine Corps leadership principles teach us, you know, you want to uh, know yourself and seek self-improvement. Absolutely. And so as you're trying to discover what your happy balance is, your your find your center, uh, just to become more of a, a complete warfighter, you know, yeah, you, you have to ask yourself several very hard questions mm-hmm. because you're not always going to have the right answer. You're not always going to know everything. But at the end of the day, 
you know, the what really matters is your ability to find a solution, mm. your ability to improvise, adapt and overcome. And um, our uh, former secretary of defense, uh, a man many of you may know, mm-hmm. a, little, a guy, a little, a little name of uh, uh, Jim Mattis. Wah, wah, wah. Have you heard of him? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, for those, you know, who've been around. Uh, he recently did an article in the Wall Street Journal where he said something to the effect uh, that the Marines teach you, above all, how to ap- imp- uh, adapt, improvise, and overcome. But they expect you to have done your homework. You uh, must have mastered your profession because, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, amateur performance is unacceptable. Mm. He used a $10 officer word Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. I had to Google. Yeah, yeah. And so I figured if I had to Google it, <laughs> then the knuckle draggers listen to this. <laughs> uh, they stood no chance. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, not to take away from the message, though, is that, you know, you have to be the type of person that uh, that seeks answers, that if there's a problem, you try to solve it. Mm. Yeah, and so, like, the idea that amateur performance is, um, I'm going to try to say this word, anathema. Mm. I think that's what it is. Atlanta. <laughs> Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the fact that, I mean, it's just not tolerated, you know? Um, yeah. You, you can't expect it to be a uh, United States Marine or a United States sailor or uh, airman or soldier, whatever the case may be. Coast Guardsman. Yeah, and be an amateur. True, very you know, true. They expect you to do your homework because nobody's going to hand you the answers. Anathema. Anathema. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so to... Uh, to kind of bounce off that, um, there's going to be chances that, uh, chances that you have to take in life. Mm. Uh, you're not always going to succeed, and sometimes um, the the penalty for being unsuccessful is unfortunately other people's lives. Yes. But that's just the burden of leadership, and you have to take the gravity of that appointment with the utmost severity. Mm-hmm. And because uh, if you always try, you always have the possibility of winning, but if you always quit, then you always will fail. Mm-hmm. And the regret of not having the curse to even try is often worse than trying and failing. Very true. Especially when it comes to uh, supporting units and uh, other people that rely on you. There's going to be times where you're afraid to do the right thing. Mm. And whether it be charge a pillbox or um, set the example or correct somebody who's in the wrong, mm-hmm. you're going to be scared. Yeah. And it doesn't go away. Whether it was my first deployment um, you know, as a saw gunner. And, you know, running into to gunfire and uh, yelling Semper Fi mm-hmm. because it was the only thing I could do to muster the courage was to think about Marines of yesteryear. Very true. Um, you know, to run out into the street and gunfire peppering all around me to get to the next compound to do my job. Mm-hmm. Terrified. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Terrified. All the way up to, you know, my fourth deployment when I was in Afghanistan, even more scared because now I was a squad leader. And you feel like a fraud because... Your junior Marines look to you, and they expect you to have all the answers. They expect you to know what to do at all times. They're looking at you to keep them alive. And, you know, to you know look somebody in the eye and know that their life, their death, their happiness, their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, everything depends on you and all the decisions you make. It's terrifying. Yeah. And you have to put on that front of confidence, you know, because you want your men and your... You know, your women to have a confident leader because yeah. that's what they deserve because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, they deserve somebody who is worth leading them. That's why you have to strive to be strong, both physically and mentally, 
and morally. You have to do your homework. You have to do your research. You have to study intel. Anybody who tells you that um, an infantry marine or any sort of service member is an idiot is 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 full of themselves. Like they're they're grossly uninformed. You know, we have some of the uh, the best doctrine from any military in the world, and it's so good because we learn these lessons in blood. Not only ours, but of uh, battles and commanders of other militaries. And mm. we read their memoirs, and we read their biographies, and we put them into our bios, and we play tactical decision games, uh, decision thinking games. We uh, do after actions. We study other battles. Yeah. You know, we have great leadership courses. Yeah. And so one of the worst things about being a leader is that you feel like a fraud when you are scared. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your fear doesn't matter. All that matters is doing your best to get those men and women home to their families. Mm. And a lot of times you have to sacrifice your personal safety, your own uh, comfort, your own um, physical health and sleep and sanity in order to accomplish those missions. Because the only reason you exist as a leader is to be at that point of friction and to mitigate stress the best you can. Mm -hmm. And the Marine Corps does a fantastic job at, um, at... putting these scenarios and these lessons and these uh, morality strengtheners into their leadership courses. And so Mike here uh, went through um, the uh, Marine Corps martial arts instructor course. Mm-hmm. You know, he's um, the, the only Navy graduate of that course at the time. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. And um, you know, he received his tab. Mm-hmm. And so what, you know, what was, uh, what was your opinion of the leadership course? Uh, of that course specifically, I was actually just super impressed uh, at how much they uh, put the pressure on you to become a better leader, a better fighter, um, because it, the stigma goes is like, okay, you go there, to, you know, like you said earlier, to do break falls a thousand times and to kick each other until, you know, <laughs> your shins are bruised, which there's plenty of that. But like a lot of it was just like it's giving you the confidence and the skills necessary to teach people these techniques and, you know, these uh, uh, stories of like warriors that came before us and like all these other things. And yeah, I was I was just really impressed at how professional it was for uh, what a lot of people call just a kicking class. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's Marine Corps led, obviously, so it's all very uh, head down. You know, push through, but it's also there, there's a lot of good stuff to be learned. Um, so I was actually just super impressed with that, especially with like uh, there's one staff sergeant because I was I was actually struggling at the beginning of it because it was so different from anything I've ever done, and uh, he was like, "Look, man," he's like. Cause you have to do like mock instruction stuff for your class and stuff. And he's like, I know you're the RP. You're used to like people coming in like, Hey man, you all right? Have a seat. Let's talk. He's like, but here he's like that. You got to push that aside. He's like, you're here to leave. And hammer fist them in the face. Exactly. <laughs> and he was just like, look, man, he's like, that stuff is not here. He's like, you're here to be a, a martial arts instructor. Like, yeah. you, you need to have the confidence <laughs> to do this. <laughs> <laughs> to hammer fist people hammer in, the fist face. in the face. Um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, especially for a course like that, uh, where it's a lot of physicality. It's just the uh, the classroom work that went into it as well was just very impressive. Yeah, I um when I was when I was going through uh, my martial arts instructor training, I never got the uh, the the trainer certification because mm-hmm. I did the smart guy route and I just got my black belt. I did both, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so that way, when uh, it was time to do McMap um, in the unit, I just walk around with my arms crossed <laughs> mm-hmm. and like point out little discrepancies. Yep. And the instructors be like, "Hey, you need to do this." I'm like, "You're not even qualified to test me. Get out of here, green belt." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go shoulder throw somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, might teach you what a reap throw is later on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you these, don't even know. Catch these black belt hands later. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. So I did the smart guy route, but it was at Quantico. It was at the the Martial Arts Center of Excellence, which 
Oh boy, that was yeah. that, that was a tornado of pain. The old mace. Yeah, and so like the thing was is they you know you had full gear on and be like, all right, now here's a water jug. You're like, all right, cool. I'm like, all right, here's a rubber rifle. All right, cool. Or right, here's another water jug. I'm like, okay, we're, yeah. weird flex. Yeah. But, you, know, you could have just led with two water jugs. <laughs> but the fact that you broke it up like that yeah. just kind of seems like you're trying to break me down mentally. Right. And they're like, oh, and uh, here's a training dummy. It weighs 150 pounds. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, all right, here's a uh, a polis litter. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, but you can't use it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, um, okay. Yeah. Again, odd flex. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right. So now here's this crazy scenario. And yeah, it's always so over the top. Yeah, yeah, so over the top. And then you get through it. You're struggling. Everything hurts. You know, sweat's just burning your eyes. Mm-hmm. And you finally get to like your you know, like quarter of the waypoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then like you come around the corner and there's some plaque there. And it was like, you think you're tired now? Well, you yeah. know, PFC Jackie Lewis, yeah. Lucas, was only 14 when he enlisted in the Marine Corps <laughs> under false pretense. He uh, snuck upon a ship, and by the time he got out to Iwo Jima, he had just turned 17. He took a rifle off a dead Marine, yeah, yeah. and then he jumped on two grenades <laughs> and saved his fire team's life. That was all like before he, breakfast. <laughs> yeah, he was only 17. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, like, I'm terrible and I'm weak. <laughs> like, how am I struggling with this? Yeah, which it is funny because, like, they all – all those scenarios are so over the top when you're doing them, but then you take a step back and you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is, you know, what this person went through. Yeah. It's a lot. Like when I did my first jump, I was scared because like, well, I wasn't scared. Actually, a lot of people were scared. I was fine, but I was nervous. You're and really scared um, of looking good. Yeah. Phew, looking great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they opened that jumper door and you can hear the wind and you feel it. And you're like, oh, I'm about to jump out this door. And oh, ca- this is a jump yeah. jump. Oh, like, oh, we're jumping, jumping. I'm in a plane yeah. plane. Like, and, we're um, high up, high up. Yeah. And so I'm looking out the door and. Uh, I'm using military yeah. equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so I'm hooked up, just standing there, you know, covering my reserve because I'm a good paratrooper. And uh, we're about yeah. to go. We're I know about this to- sounds ridiculous, but he is not Stolen Valor. Yes, he is FMF qualified. <laughs> yes, he's a martial arts instructor. Yes, he is jump qual. All right. I know this sounds ridiculous, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Just, just trust me. I've, wait, I've, for, wait for the book. Yeah. yeah I, I have verified, okay? <laughs> That's true. I've, I hired a private investigator because right. I didn't believe it at first. This adds up. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I was kind of the same way in that where I was just like, oh, man. And like you can kind of feel your knees going weak and stuff. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, all I can think of is like, man, think of the dudes who did this into combat. Like, yeah. I had to like visualize like there's like gunfire and like people falling out. And like the people that did this were just had just such intestinal fortitude. Like yeah. they just closed their eyes and they went with the mission. So I was like, I can do this at Fort Benning. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's an easy day. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, to be fair, um, nobody in the army has a combat jump right now. That's true. That's true. Ah, uh, sweet bird. Yeah. Airborne's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with your blown out knees and back <laughs> being crippled by the age of 23. <laughs> weird for a grunt to say but <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i'm on both sides of it <laughs> i thought we were friends yes we are best friends best friends <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's true to you. your point yeah true to your point and uh and also um if you don't know jack uh, jackie lucas um he actually did jump on two grenades he survived he was awarded yep. the medal of honor yep and then he went airborne yeah he did <laughs> and he jumped and his parachute didn't open <laughs> real story uh look it up and his platoon commander because he said he was doing this to get over his fear of height like this man pulled two grenades under his chest but he was scared of heights yeah yeah that just tells you like everybody has fear 100 percent. and uh so he jumped out his parachute didn't open and his and it was a low jump it was one of the first ones mm-hmm. you know and, um, you know, it's not like skydiving, mil- uh, like airborne jumps start off like very low. Yeah. And cause it, it pulls your line for you as soon as you go out. So mm-hmm. your parachute immediately opens. Not that you're going very slow. I mean, no, fast, but no. like, I mean, you're going super fast. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like you're going very slow. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. still going fast. 
uh, when you hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so his platoon commander was like, he was the last one out, but the first one to hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And he survived. I love it. Of course he did. And then he died of like uh, some ridiculous, like melophysioma. Lupus. <laughs> yeah. Like he, you know, he, he didn't seek financial compensation <laughs> when he should have. Yeah. It was combat earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some ridiculous disease. Yeah. That he probably got from drinking the water on some base, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. And you get there and you read the citation. Now you just feel like a dirtbag, yeah. really feeling tired. And like mm-hmm. you slept in a warm bed the night before. Like yeah. you had a hot breakfast that morning. You took a shower. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you get slayed again and you get to the <laughs> next one. And they're like, yeah, well, I think it was uh, Colonel Fox. Um, EP Mike, can you look that up? Uh, Colonel Fox, our executive producer, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Stedman, Army veteran, combat engineer. What, what, what? Actually, it was John Ripley. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, mm. John Ripley. Um, he was... Um, uh, very, very, very well known for um, a thing that he, I believe it was like force reconnaissance in, okay. in like Vietnam. And he um, he was, uh, yeah, he was a colonel and he was in a uh, force reconnaissance platoon. He was awarded the Navy Cross, but there's a very famous painting of him. And uh, like it was his job to demo this bridge uh, to deny the uh, like an entire enemy regiment uh, the ability to cross upon it, you know. And so he like. I, I don't know where his team was, if they were, like, providing supporting fire, but he went out there and he, like, basically monkey barred under the bridge while, like, uh, setting uh, demo charges. Oof. And, um, and like, the, this, like, entire regiment of, like, NVA is, like, shooting at him. Yeah, yeah. And they're just missing terribly. Of course. Well, <laughs> you yeah. You know, like, you know, they, they didn't have the, the those good PMIs in boot camp. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and so he's sitting there and he's, like, he's got, like, uh, like dozens of pounds of weapons and gear and explosives on him. Mm-hmm. He's monkey barring under this bridge under withering en- en- enemy fire. And it's like he just woke up and showed up to PT to do it. Like, he'd already been on mission. You know? Right, right. And he rigged this bridge to uh, to blow. He got off and he blew it up and denied the enemy access to this bridge. He was awarded the Navy Cross. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, because he did it, Monkey bars. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> I love Dag-om. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and so it, and it's, and it's like that, you know, like, um, you, you go through these leadership courses and I remember I was in a corporal's course. I had just left uh third battalion, six Marines. And I went up to Quantico to be uh, an instructor mm-hmm. at, um, the basic school for officer and infantry officer course. And, uh, I went to corporal's course and it was the first time that I'd ever been around non-infantry Marines. Okay. Like we had maybe like an engineer here or there, you know, but they're usually asleep in the in the Humvee. Right, of course, and, of course. And uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously the corpsmen, but then those aren't really considered non-infantry. Like, mm. you know, it's it's like one of those things where like you can tease them, but if anybody else called your doc a pogue, oh, like, of course, like, yeah, instant yeah. hands. Yeah, even if know? he is a pogue, <laughs> <laughs> even if you're a pogue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I, God, one of my best friends was uh, was an S one clerk, and I. He was very mad about something, uh, and it was something regiment wasn't doing. Like they weren't sending him like the the, the paperwork that he needed to file the travel claim for you know, this marine who needed to get to a course. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, those pogues up there!" And I was like, "Bro, <laughs> like." He's like, "No, like, <laughs> yeah." He's like, "Let me have this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was that like, is, "That is our word." I was just about to say that is our word. <laughs> but I, but I, I mean, I like the spirit of what he was doing. It, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah, and and so yeah, <laughs> he got a pogue pass. <laughs> yeah, he got one, and. So, you um, I, I was at Corporal's course, and I you know, I met these other other Marines, and it was very interesting, like learning about like what their way of life was like. Yeah, because in the military, you only get like a small snapshot 
of what the military actually is. Mm. Whether you know it's your squad, your platoon, maybe your company, maybe to an extent your battalion, if you have boys in other units. But very rarely do you ever see the big picture. And so I remember being at PFC and you show up to the range and like, you know, you get issued your MRE and your ammo and you shoot, you please call, you wait on transpo and you go home. But then when I stayed around long enough and I got to S3, you realize that there's so much more that went into it. Oh, yeah. Like that, uh, that operations had to reserve that range at least 30 days ago. Yeah. And they had to de- deconflict or whatever. That, and then also did range control. Like range control had to sweep the surface danger zone. You know, yeah. make sure there's nothing back there. Somebody had to plan that range to make sure there was nobody was going to be affected by any potential ricochet. Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody's going to be injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had to have all the safety features. You have to have the medevac on standby. Yeah. And like all these things that go into it. And then when you show up, like the whoever the ammo technician was, because once again, I had to do that. Like, right, right. Very, like very <laughs> bad unit. You know, like they had, I had like six collateral billets. Yeah. And like, it was just awful. You yeah. Know? I, but I did get put on like the water walker tier on my uh, my fit rep. It was oh, very nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Usually you don't get rewarded. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so you know you have to you have the ammo system and like each individual uh, round has what they call a dodic. Uh, I think Department of Defense uh, identification code. Mm-hmm. And so if you like look at the ammo cans, you know like you have the uh, the the different dodics. Like this one is a is a Mike eight five five Alpha one. Mm-hmm. And I think five five six was like an alpha alpha six three. It might. It's been a while. No, I don't know. And so you had that, and then like alpha alpha six two was like the blue tip five five six, which you could only shoot on certain STZs, and vice versa versus green tip. Yeah. And the blue tip ones were like biodegradable, low velocity rounds. Yeah, yeah. And so like somebody had to request that, and they had to do allocations, and they had to do reconciling, and and all this stuff. And and so it's like there was so much stuff that went into just a little old PFC me going out there and doing a couple. Brah, brah, brah. Okay, time to go home. Yeah, yeah. Like that lame like, range was lame. You exactly. Know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like here's your twelve rounds. <laughs> shoot at that tire. Yeah. RP had to bring coffee. We're all doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like I I started to learn more about this because I think it was Sun Zhao said like for every one wagon of troops you have to have ten wagons of logistics to support them. Mm. And so and yeah, I have all the pride in the world in being an infantryman. Um, because at the end of the day, the last hundred meters of every, any battle will always belong to the infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, the poor bloody infantry is what they used to call them. And cause that, at the end of the day, it's a terrible, it's a terrible life to live. Yeah. But however, you can never be arrogant enough to assume that you can do things on your own. Mm. Cause at the end of the day, if the mechanics didn't fix the helicopters, the helicopters wouldn't be able to fly to give me close air support to pick right. up my friends who are wounded. Right. And where would we be? And so the the fact that the Marine Corps is like 180 some odd EP, can you look that up? How big the Marine Corps is? And only like 30,000 of that is infantry. Mm-hmm. The fact that like only one sixth of the Marine Corps is actually infantry just shows you how much logistic support has to go into placing that warfighter. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, with like the, the with the exception of like some really high tier operators, 99 percent of the military exists to support that 11 Bravo or 0311. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, there are a couple of cool guys with beers that go out and do stuff that, you know, is more national security interests. But as for the other 99% of the military. Marine Corps has 186,000 active duty and 838,000 personal reserve. All right. So, yeah, 186,000, you know, Marines. And only close, I'm estimating 30,000 because you have like, uh, I think like 27 battalions of Marines. And mm. then, you know, you have uh, security forces and, and MSG, which are not all infantry, but you know what I mean? Drill yeah. instructors, school and most, of infantry. And most are E3 and below? Yeah, yeah. And the the when the DOD releases statistics, Marine Corps is typically the youngest branch. Yeah. With it's like 75% of the, of the Marine Corps being E5 and below. Yeah. Which is 
ridiculous compared to the other branches. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the fact that like 150,000 some odd support personnel uh, support the 30,000 infantrymen, that just goes to show you like for every one of me, there's three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And I can't do my job without that mm-hmm. because I am not going to walk myself there. I'm not going to feed myself. I'm not going to supply my own ammunition. I'm not going to supply my own gear. But then at the end of the day, like if you are on the other side of that fence, because let's play devil advocacy here, like be humble about your job. 100%. Like don't go back home and like tell all your buddies that you're fighting every day when you're not. Yeah. You know, you chose your job. Nobody was um, drafted. Yeah. So take pride in what you chose and be a master of your own craft. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so um, we just uh, wanted to address the elephant in the room. Yes, please. Uh, so this uh, this did seem probably like maybe like a little bit more PC of an episode. Sure. Because you boys are trying to get elevated. So essentially, let me take it from here. So <laughs> essentially, um, we wanted to do one clean episode for uh, larger distribution. Uh, different people, different platforms want to listen to us. And if you are a frequent listener of our show, you know it's very dark. It's very irreverent. It's very uh, over the top. A lot Use of that time. discount code. Yeah, all the discount codes. You know what it is. Exactly. So uh, we... we <laughs> Uh, we took a liberty and did a, a PC one. I'm sure there's a few f bombs in there, but I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I think really? we're good. Yeah, I think I did one, but anyway, um, yeah. So if you like this kind of stuff, let us know. If not, it's fine. This is probably a one off anyway. But I appreciate all the support nonetheless. Yeah, and so for those of you who this is your first time listening. I got bad news for you. Yeah, it gets way worse. It only gets worse from here. Exactly. Same kind of content, much dirtier words. Yeah, and so thank you for listening, supporting us. We are uh, available on all different platforms. Please follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Mm -hmm. Facebook. Uh, Share the episode with your friends. If you have any insights into leadership or um, space battles or whatever the case (laughs) is, we'd love to hear it. We love engaging with you guys. We sell merchandise on our website. You can find us at Mm popsmokemedia.com. We got some great stuff on there. And bye. Bye.